life stories of trauma, loss, awakenings, and epiphanies, beginning with one mom's journal entries recorded in real time of a catastrophic diving accident rendering her teenage son paralyzed from the neck down and the courageous fight to save his life. Told through unedited text and journal entries and inspiring guest interviews, Blink of an Eye will take you on a powerful journey of advocacy and hope and an unvarnished look at the true nature of our relationships and interconnectedness in the face of an event that changes everything. Hello, dear ones. I hope you are doing well and enjoyed your Christmas celebrations or other holiday gatherings. In today's bonus episode, we will hear voices that take us back to the day Archer was injured. You'll hear from one of my brothers, Will Phipps, and one of my sisters, Lillian Johnston, and my daughter, Paula Sempt-Easton, as well as some of Archer's high school friends, teachers, and others in the Baltimore community about the moment they received the news of Archer's injury. This might resonate for you as well about the moment you received devastating, change-your-life-forever news about someone you loved. In their own words, they describe the emotions and sensations they felt and where they were when they heard the news. Some people immediately prayed. Some had conversations with those around them, attempting to process and make sense of it. Some were stunned in the middle of a grocery store. So settle in, take a deep breath, and bear witness. This is the Moment I Heard montage. You know, I've poured over uh, text records of over uh, 3,000 pages, piecing together uh, just a fuller understanding of really what happened on August 5th, uh, as well as what unfolded after that. And I really have wondered, and we haven't really had a chance in five years, uh, now that we're doing a look back, to talk, you and I, just to talk about your experience um, on that day. So I'm just wondering if you can uh, recall, look back, what was it like for you? So on on that day when Archer had uh, gone out to the beach and, and, and jumped into the surf and broke his neck and was taken away by a helicopter and none of us knew what that meant, whether he was gonna live or die or we didn't know what to expect on that day but I remember I remember that moment just like tears filling my eyes and me stopping and holding hands with the people around me which were my wife and another close friend and just stopping. And the first instinct was to pray. 
it's just God, you know. I, I, I envision we have our, our deceased grandma, Lily Hunt. I think she's an angel that, that soars above us, and I really believe that. And I just called on my grandmother to to do her thing and to uh, to storm to storm the, the, the heaven to to get all kinds of help that we could because she always was good at that. Grandma, if anybody could get anything done, it was our grandmother, Lily Hunt. But Aside from that, on that day, what was it like? It was like <clears throat> it was like sitting on the dock down on the Chester River at Washington College and hearing that planes had just flown into the World Trade Center and New York, only a few hours away. It was like being at that bonfire I once was where gasoline was poured on it and I stood close to it and lit it and all the oxygen was pulled out of the air and I couldn't breathe for a second. It was like, it was a crazy feeling. Uh, it's what it was like. So it was a, it was a telephone call that you received? Yes. From Davis. Davis. Um, and do you remember anything about that call or about what time it was? Um, I know it was probably around 4 p.m. Um, it was like a summer, summer day. So I normally leave the office like around four um, in the summers. So it must have been around then. Um, I hadn't done anything after work. I was just going straight home. And, and yeah, I do remember Davis. Um, I don't remember specifically what he said, but I do remember just like the urgency and how he said it and the um, panic maybe um, that I could like feel through the, through the phone. I remember it like it was yesterday. It, it I was, um, was of course in the summer and so I had set everything up in the backyard for the girls to play uh, the inflatable pools and I was in the middle actually of setting up um, one of the inflatable pools and this is I think one of the reasons why I remember it so clearly is I was setting up the inflatable pool and something caught my eye which you see it all the time but for some reason uh, it gave me pause and it was the little icon in the instructions uh, that are printed on the side of the inflatable pool with the icon of the don't dive head first into the inflatable pool. And it had that little icon with the um, person diving and the circle through it. I, you know, I've seen that a million times, but for some reason that day it gave me, I looked at it, it caught my eye, it gave me pause. And then I, I went about, um, you know, setting everything up. And then my phone started uh, dinging that I had a text message and I looked and it was Billy. It said something happened in the ocean and he's being airlifted. There's been an accident. And that, and so, you know, we, like everyone I'm sure held our breath and, and clung to the phone waiting to hear, you know, everyone stopped at what they were doing. And we all, you know, with the girls, um, I did not tell them. I just said, you know, let's stop for a minute and we're just going to say a little prayer right now for our cousin Archer. I, did, I wasn't specific about the why. And we just stopped 
and and then you know you wait to get the updates but i just remember it so clearly because of that picture that caught my eye even before i got the news and i still think of that and wonder what was that about i remember um i don't I don't know that I remember exactly where I was when I heard the news, but I remember that I felt that I needed to tell Mary Page right away because um, Jackson and Crinny and Allison and Archer had all sorts of carpool plans for the year. They had had a very, very funny um, carpool the year before, and Archer, of course, was the, the consummate DJ um, that, you know, the connection to all good music and um, definitely the coolest kid in the, in the, in the car. And so... Um, I just knew I needed to reach Mary Page and um, they were in Maine and they were in a very remote place with very limited service. And so um, I was I was worried about reaching her, but also not reaching her at a bad time or figuring out how to share the news. And um, and she happened to be hiking. And so she was up on the top of a mountain where her cell phone actually had service. So um, so I remember talking to her and just, you know, you were so um, uh you were very generous about sharing. So that was August 5th, 2015. Where, where were you? Yeah, I was actually um, up in Maine. We have uh, good family friends that have a house up in Maine um, and they let us and our cousins come up every year. Um, so yeah, then it's usually the last thing that we do right before we go back for soccer. Um, and so yeah, I remember Forever, like sitting first floor, very back room, sitting on my bed. Um, and my mom came in and told me. And there's an, it's, it's like one of the, my favorite places on earth, like not even close. There's no phone reception. There's nothing. We used to hate it when we were kids because we couldn't ever use our phones, no internet, no TV. Then you get older and you start to appreciate it. Um, but so it's a, it's a mile by mile leak and there's no other houses there. It's now like a national forest. Um, so mm, really quiet. Beautiful. Uh, so I remember sitting on the edge of my bed and my mom told me, and at first, you know, of course I'm like, I don't know what this means, right? It, it could mean a million different things. Um, but then I remember going out, sitting on the dock with my mom, we sat in a chair and we just talked about like all the things that it could mean, all the possibilities, just, you know, what could be going on, that sort of stuff. Um, so that I remember very distinctly. Yeah, so, so where, where do you want to start? So we can start right then. I think it was the fifth or maybe the sixth that I actually found out. We were here at the beach. Um, I was guarding, lifeguarding. Bethany Beach. Yeah, Bethany Beach. And I actually, I remember I got a text from, I don't know if you remember the Schmickles. Schmickle. Oliver Schmickle, Bert Schmickle. Yeah, so they were, so we were, what were we, we were sophomores then. Yes, you were, yeah, you were Oliver was a senior, and I got a text from him saying that that Archer had an accident, um, and I think that was either the day of or the six, and we didn't know much at the time, but it was kind of weird to be getting this this message from from Ollie about Archer and you know an accident. He didn't know much about it, um, and we were with the Hillgartners too then. Yep, the and Shay and Andy were with us. Um, and then as the, as the information started filling in and we realized just how dire it was, um, we kind of impulsive 
we were before we knew it we were driving up um and i think because at that point it was i mean archer was in a pretty pretty bad shape things weren't very clear um so we just made like it was the eighth i guess we just made the decision we didn't even know directions we just started driving tried to catch the ferry didn't end up catching the ferry so we drove around first time into atlantic city um, I remember it, it happening, and I'm sure it happened a lot faster for you guys, but even for us, everything just happened so fast. It did, the, um, there wasn't even a question about coming to see Archer. Because Dan wasn't around either, I went over to hang out at Dan's house, the Giannoscalis, Um but they weren't home. None of them, none of them are home. So they were just letting me hang out uh, around. And I remember Arch, I forget when Archer usually got off, but he usually came right home because he didn't want to leave me just doing, you know, nothing. Uh, and I remember it was taking Archer a little bit longer than usual to come home, which I was, I mean, I didn't really think any much of it just because I knew he sometimes liked to get in the water after. So, and I didn't really, I was just kind of hanging out. So I wasn't really thinking much. Um, but it just got to a point where I knew something was up, but you know, just, I, I didn't really know. I, I didn't really know what I was supposed to do either. Cause I was just kind of hanging out in Dan's house. And then I remember vividly, Dan comes home on his bike, like very fast, extremely fast. And I could tell something was wrong immediately. So then I was like, what's going on? What's going on? And he said, Archer got airlifted off the beach. Um, but that's all that, that we knew. He's like, yeah, I don't know what happened. All I saw was a helicopter and someone told me that he got airlifted off the beach. It was just a normal day. And then just kind of like right at that moment is when everything kind of spiraled away. And at that moment, I didn't, I wasn't in a, in a panic or anything, but I, I sort of was just confused. And it was more just kind of like, I guess we have to, to wait just to yeah, see like, like, and then yeah yeah but something that i also vividly remember which is when i sort of when it really hit me the gravity of the situation was we went to i think we went to get some food or something like that because it had been a while and neither of us had eaten and then we go it was a very close place but i remember when we went in there there we heard a conversation in the background and they're like oh did you hear some kid had died on the beach today and that's when like my heart like dropped i was like no no that's not true like that's my friend archer like that's not true he just got airlifted off like we don't know we don't know anything like that yet so from that point on it sort of became like a sort of sort of a little a lot more serious just because there really was nothing that we could do we just kind of had to sit and wait and just hope that the rumor was not true at all. I do know that um, when Archer was injured, people have memories of that. And I, I'm just curious if you remember where you were or how you I heard. do. You do. I oh. remember exactly where I was. Wow. I was in Cape Cod, where we go every summer. And we were at a baseball game up there, the Cape Cod Summer League. And I was with my family. And I remember, um, I don't know if it was Topher 
somebody texted me and said, did you hear what happened to Archer? And I had no idea. And then I found out that he had this terrible accident. And I remember just my gut just, I just had this horrible, terrible, awful feeling. And I felt like, what can I do? You know, I want to be there to help, but I was up there. And, and I remember the first person I called was Father Andrew because I knew that he, for some reason, he was on his way, I think, to go to New Jersey or somewhere to visit someone. So he was actually en route and he texted me back and he said, I'm on my way to the hospital right now. I'll get in touch with you later. So that's what I remember. But I remember exactly where I was. I remember sitting there and I remember just feeling like, oh my gosh, how could this have happened? And what can I do? And, you know, telling Paul and we were just all just, just so hopeful and praying and just, you know, just not knowing, just feeling helpless. Do you remember where you were when you heard or what that was like? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I remember it so well because we were, um, you know, uh, on the summer vacation in, in Bethany where we went every summer for that same week, that first week in August. And, um, and you know, several summers I would pick Mike up at the ferry that he would be with your family in Cape May and we'd drive down and pick him up at the ferry and then we'd go on to our vacation. So, you know, he was always buzzing back and forth up there with Archer. I'll never forget, I was standing in the kitchen with my sister and Mike came down from the second floor and just stood at the landing and told us, you know, that Archer was in this bad accident and the C7 or whatever, I can't remember exactly, but, um, you know, that he had broken his neck and we were all just frozen. I mean, nobody, you know, could believe it um, because he swam there every day. And so it was just, you just couldn't believe it. You know, and my sister is a nurse and was a trauma nurse way back, you know, a long time ago. And she just looked at me and she said, Mir, that's really bad. Because I didn't even know. You know, it just didn't, it wasn't something that it was even familiar to me. Um, and so, you know, John and Mike, I think John was texting with Dewey and, and Mike was, and um, and that's you know that's what I remember, and we were just shocked, and we just everybody prayed.
I, I think the first thing that comes to my mind is the power of social media these days. You know, I, I think back, you know, 10 years ago, maybe 15 years ago, this wouldn't have happened. We would have never known about Archer, Archer's story or whatever. And um, yeah, obviously my position keeps me attuned to what's going on in, in you know, the area in particular. And we have close friends at McDonough. We have a, my daughter's, one of my daughter's very best friends is a, is a teacher at McDonough. Oh. So these things, you know, kind of swirl around in Smaltimore, as we call it. Um, and so we happened to be at the beach and with some friends and they know what I do. They know I'm at Kennedy Krieger Institute. And they mentioned that they had seen a blog, they'd heard from somebody at McDonough, a family friend or whatever, about Archer's situation. So here we are sitting on the beach in Ocean City, and this was kind of, I think this was the first time I had heard about it. I may have heard about it a little bit before, but we literally, as a group of, I think, three or four couples, were sitting around in a circle under an umbrella or whatever, basically catching up on Archer's story I'm wondering if you want to, or where you want to start, if you remember what it was like when you first learned, and if you remember even coming to visit us um, in those first uh, few days. I absolutely remember everything. Um, I just felt like I would, actually, when I found out I was in Target, um, and I got a phone call from a, a friend, uh, Mary Jo Quaro, who her daughter Katie was in the same class with Archer and my son Devin at Cathedral. And she called me and told me that Archer had been in a, a bad accident and it, he's very seriously injured. And uh, God just, just stopped me in my tracks. I'll never forget it. Ooh, it's stopping me in my tracks. You were just shopping in Target. Yep. So um, when you say in the blink of an eye, that's exactly what happens. As you know, yes, everything can change in the blink of an eye. Thank you for listening in. I hope this helps you go back and revisit a moment in your life when you heard news that changed your life in the blink of an eye. With a little bit of distance and a reflective look back and support, we can loosen any lingering grip that holds us back from living fully again with joy. As always, follow us on Instagram at Blink of an Eye Pod and find us on Facebook at Blink of an Eye Podcast. If you'd like to support our work financially, you have two ways to do so via our sponsor, the Integrative Center for Trauma Healing, Advocacy, and Transformation at www.ictat.org or our Patreon. You can find us there at www.patreon.com backslash blink of an iPod. Season three is in the works and will be coming to you wherever you listen to podcasts later in the new year. And please tell your friends, especially anyone who's home, possibly in quarantine, that they can binge listen, starting at episode one for a riveting story, which will definitely help the time fly. You've been listening to Blink of an Eye. We ask that you share this with anyone who may need inspiration, a lift, 
or who may relate. Never miss an episode. Listen on our website, blinkofaneyepodcast.com, or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is sponsored by I See That, the Integrative Center for Trauma Healing, Advocacy, and Transformation. I See That is a multidisciplinary nonprofit that provides tangible support, trauma healing education, and advocacy for those experiencing crisis or trauma. To donate, please visit www.icthat.org. That's the letters I-C-T-H-A-T dot O-R-G.